hey, hey, how's it going, my people? Of course, you're at the right place. This is Salvage Souls, and I'm Reverend Ellington. So today, we're going to be doing, or I'm going to be doing, an interview with Brother Marwan Cameron uh, from G2 that uh, gather together, grow together, and uh, I'm going to be interviewing him about uh gather together grow together he's uh the founder of this nonprofit organization they're doing great work in the community and uh i just felt like uh he needed to be highlighted the organization needed to be highlighted uh because i don't think a lot of people enough people know uh what's out there so anyway i hope you guys enjoy uh this interview um so you know what time it is it's time to get into it so um today for all you guys we're going to talk about uh g2 and i'm going to ask uh brother mawan some specific questions about that he's going to answer them and it's just kind of a way of saying hey you know um introducing uh g2 on a uh I guess on a, a grand scale to everybody, all right? My audience, your audience, um, and just saying, hey, yeah, this this is what's happening in the community. Because I, I really, honestly, bro, I love what you're doing. I love how you're doing it. You know, I love the passion you have for what you're doing. And what um, really speaks volumes for what you're doing is uh, the people that you have helping you how they speak of the passion that they have for it. And I know that that is something that trickles down from leadership, you know, that, that people don't just come into an organization like, Oh yeah, you know, I love, you know, you go work for McDonald's. You're not like, yeah, I love McDonald's. Uh, no, it comes from, you know, you haven't like great, you know, uh, bosses or whatever, you know? And so like I was talking with Rob, uh, you know, a few days ago and just listening to the passion and love that he has for uh, doing what he does in the organization that spoke like more than, you know, anything to me, at least I was just like, yeah, that's, that's dope. And in that like conversation with Rob, I could hear like, okay, he's like, you know, um, a man with many hats and, you know, saying he's playing these different roles and doing these different things, you know, but when you love what you do, it's never work. And because I can see, you know, I could hear it in him and see it in his face, you know, like he loves what he's doing, you know? Um, yeah, you, you, you know, people can pat themselves on the back. They can speak, you know, for themselves and say, Oh yeah, this, that, and the next, but you know, the truth comes, you know, out, uh, better when, um, you hear what people don't say. And what I heard, what I didn't hear from you and what I didn't hear from Rob and other people that works in your organization, like, uh, his wife and, um, you know, other, so many other people is that, those things that they don't say. So uh, I really, you know, um, for those of you in Kitsap that do not know about G2, uh, this is your formal introduction. So 
Brother Mawan, tell everybody what G2 actually stands for. All right. Well, G2 or G2G or G2G2, uh, it has so many different names from, from people that have given us our nicknames, is Gather Together, Grow Together. That is the official name of G2. Where, where, where does that come from? Like, what, what, uh, where, where did you come up with that name? What, what made you decide to name it that? So my father actually came up with the name of the company and, you know, mm. he passed um, and I was getting ready to go on this endeavor. Uh, and I was just talking about this like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he actually started um, the African-American Academy in Seattle. Oh, so all black uh, school uh, 20, 30 years ago now. And so, you know, I know he has that area of expertise and, you know, trying to find a name is, is, is a tough thing to do. So he and I would have conversations and he would counsel me. Um, and then we had a big kind of a potluck over at Robin Stephanie's house and they had a bunch of people over and we had kind of a naming uh, exercise where people came up with names. And at the end of it, they ended up picking uh, my, my father's pick. So that's how the, the company got named. And I, I thought it was app- appropriate because we're all gathering together from wherever we find ourselves in life at that point in time, but we're coming together to grow together and we can all have different lessons or even similar lessons, but we're going to grow together as we do whatever it is we do that G2 does. Amen. Amen. That is, that's actually uh, beautiful. So when, when did this happen? When, when did, um, when did G2, uh, become a thing when did when when was you guys inception so officially uh that would be february 8th of 2018 so we turned three this february so we're about three and a quarter right now okay uh you know i had been working on g2 for you know honestly i've probably been working on g2 maybe two years prior to that uh at the time i was working at olympic college and I had started a program there called Steps to Success, which was like mm-hmm. a, you know, the, the baby of G2, right? Uh, and so created some programming there for non-traditional students, you know, um, single mothers, single parents, uh, folks coming out of incarceration. Uh, myself, I'd only gone to the ninth grade. I got my GED when I turned 16 and then didn't step foot back into, you know, an academic setting aside from, you know, bricklayer school uh, until I was 24, right? So definitely a non-traditional. And there just wasn't a lot of support that existed for students like myself, right? There was financing available, but not a physical support (laughs) where people can, you know, kind of come together and it's like, hey, I understand what you're going through. You're not going to the rave of the party. You've got utilities to pay and diapers and you know, toilet paper and toiletries and things like that. You got different concerns and, and folks needed that, that kind of um, space to exist on the campus. And so steps of success again was the kind of precursor to G2. Uh, so I'd probably been working on it two years prior, at least. Um, and then got to that, got to the point that it was time to start G2. A uh, little secret is, is if I ever win the Powerball, I would start a charter school. So, Amen. you know, there, there's something even bigger beyond this. If I hit that Powerball, I mean, maybe it won't be necessary and I could just do it. But that's always been a dream of mine. 
That's what I was just going to say. You know, you may not actually uh, need the Powerball once uh, word starts getting out. So let me ask you this. How does um, how does G2 um, how does G2 stay connected to its roots of uh, steps to success? Do you guys um, are you guys still connected to your roots? If, if you kind of get what I'm saying, like, you know, those those type of uh, things you were just mentioning. Are you guys still active in those things? Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about uh, there's so many similarities, right? You know, steps to success is. um you know, really kind of the same thing as gather together, grow together, right? You're taking these steps toward success. And that was an academic setting. But the academic setting, what it really, uh, really touched on or the support network that was established was establishing yourself, who you were and how you accessed the college, right? And the instruction, uh, time management, uh, you know, how you regarded yourself, self-confidence, uh, just all of those things, transferable skills that you had gained over time to be a successful college student and obtain your academic goals. Right. So in that sense, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely connected to the roots. Our color for steps of success was purple. G2, of course, is purple. It's all purple all day, all the time. <laughs> so, you know, that hasn't changed. And for me, you know, my dad would always tell me, as you know, he's he was a Baptist uh, uh, minister and he would tell me that, you know, uh, just like home, church isn't the building. Right. Church is the people uh, and the fellowship of the people. So, you know, for me, G2, it, it's important that it, it's not a, a building, but more of a kind of a philosophy uh, in, a, in a way of life, if you will. Amen. Amen. So let me ask you this. Um, does um, does the college and when you say the college, uh, I know you're talking about Olympic College right here in Kissap. Do does the program you started is it, is it still in existence in uh, at Olympic? Is that something they carried on? No. Now, Steps to Success doesn't carry on. Uh, in its in its true original form, but there are elements of steps of success that that remain. Uh, some of those things that G two or G two. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that a lot during this. Uh, <laughs> some things that S two S has has done is they hadn't had a professional technical uh, vocational fair. Uh, well, I was told by some people that it had never been done. Some other people had told me it had been like 14 years, right? And so what happened was, uh, one, they told me that I could um, hire students, right? I can have student employees. Well, you know, many instructors can, but then they told me I can have more than one. So, you know, if you tell me I can do a thing, guess what's going to happen, right? I'm going to leverage that to the max. Yeah, yeah. I think at one point I might have had 20 student employees. I don't think anyone else had that many. Um, but I was an advisor for professional technical programs and also an instructor at the college. Right. And so for me, if you will allow me kind of to, to go into a little bit of depth there. Take your time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> when I started at OC, I was hired on as a professional technical advisor. Right. And so that meant advising for accounting, business, culinary arts. Uh, welding, electronics, technical design, organizational leadership, you know, uh, 
and all those kind of professional technical uh, programs that existed. And so I did that part time. Uh, and I think a year had passed. I don't even know if it was a full year. And uh, a couple of professors had come to me. And one of the things that I had done different uh, was there were some some professors on the campus that people, the office was having issues with, right? Hey, we got some you know challenges with communication with some of these tenured faculty. Uh, why don't you see if you can establish some relationships with them, right? And I'll tell you that that's very complicated. I think some of those things were steeped in race. Um, but then also, there's also history, right? People have been around for a long time and folks kind of find their positions and they settle in and it is what it is. But I'm a new guy and I can go and, and be friendly and, and kind of reach out. And so me, I, I always want to know what someone else's experience is. So the academic advisor's job is to support the academic program. So in order to do that, I need to come out to your information sessions, get to talk to you, find out how you serve your students, how your programs work, things like that. And so I really extended myself in that way and got to know those those faculty members. And so with that, uh, you know, that built trust uh, and it got to a point where, you know, you have conversations. Well, what do you do with your degree in this? And that's like, oh, you should teach. And so I got an offer to teach uh, accounting to apply. I mean, you don't just get to teach. Yeah. yeah. Um, to teach accounting or business management. And so, you know, they said, go ahead and submit an application. So I had to pick and I decided to pick business management. Uh, I submitted my application. You know, uh, I had to do a teaching sample in front of the dean and a whole bunch of other folks. I didn't end up getting the job. And then, you know, I'm teaching negotiations and small business planning and all kinds of other courses, right? And so it was kind of off to the races. Well, I never left my position as an academic advisor. So I got to see people when they first came in scared to death, not knowing what to do, need to get through, you know, quickly and get to the other side, uh, just like me, right? That was my experience. Then as an instructor, I got to see folks uh, through the program, right? Their first quarter, their second quarter, their first year, their second year, their third year, whatever the case may be. And then I got to see them at the end because in the business management program, you know, I also, you know, kind of served as the, the advisor uh, in the program, along with the uh, tenured faculty, shout out to uh, Hella Helena Johnson. Uh, and so you're checking off, making sure that they have all their degree requirements done and helping them with, you know, job opportunities on the other side and internships. I was the internship instructor uh, for many students uh, in the uh, business management program. So I would help them there. And then as the academic advisor for that program or as the prop tech advisor, uh, they would also have to come back to you at, at the very beginning and sign off that they had all the requirements for their certificate or degree. So I had this unique position that I got to work with the student throughout the whole trajectory of their academic career, when they came in, while they were going to school, while they did their internships. And I would go out to the employer and do an assessment, make sure they were learning, you know, they got their outcomes, all of that, and then sign off on their um, on their graduation uh, requirements that they had completed everything. Uh, so I got to see that whole experience. And so by seeing that, I was able to kind of say, hey, you know what, this is what these students are facing, right? They, you know, my non-traditional students are kind of feeling like they're out there on an island. They're here, they're trying to figure it out. Uh, the way the school is set up, you know, there's programs for running start students, you know, 
uh, because they're kids. So, you know, you got to have, you know, special advisors for them and a place for them to go. And then you have the same thing for veterans, right? You've got the veterans have their own building and they have a place that they can go and, and talk with each other and have fellowship and community. But non-traditional students, there was funding, but no community piece. And so that's what, uh, you know, Steps to Success, a lot of that was kind of built on. Uh, and so kind of built that program. And as such, to kind of come back around to why I told that long story, um, you know, the students and I had created an education fair based on professional technical programs. And at the time, the first one was, uh, I don't know if you remember the game Pokemon Go that you could play on your phone. Uh, I know there's been several Pokemon game related games. I've never really been in the po- Is that the one where people walked around and like would bump yeah. into trees and cars and get ran over and stuff like trying to play Pokemon? Absolutely. Absolutely. OK, yeah. Yeah. So the time then that was big. Uh, we decided to, to do, um, you know, the same thing with the professional technical programs. So, you know, you would come in. And you could go to each station and kind of collect, you know, information and items and whatnot. And everything kind of had it was thematic around Pokemon. So like culinary arts made, you know, some of their signature food um, in the shape of Pokemon and things like that. Uh, The fashion department put on a fashion show, Uh, you know, the technical design on the electronics department did some things, you know. Uh, So, you know, they all came out and did that. And it was such a big hit. Uh, they they did it the second year uh, and we started along with that. And then we ended up backing out uh, halfway through it because uh, my students were feeling a little disenfranchised uh, by the experience. Um, mm. You know how it is, you know, something's good and the, the kids got it. And then the next year, the adults got to come in and jump in and, and understand these yeah. are all adults. Yeah. Right. But, you know, you're talking about, yeah. you know administrators and deans and, and all the other stuff, right? They, they want to kind of get in there and kind of take it over. And, you know, the kids have son, they did a write up about it and everything else. So now it's like, okay, this thing is kind of big. So we're going to kind of put more of our hands on it. So the kids, you know, felt some kind of way about that. So it's like, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and, and we'll, uh, we'll step away and let y'all do what you do. The big thing was to create it. And so it was so nice to see, I drove past, um, Last year, because, you know, COVID shut everything down. But the year yeah. previous, I drove past and, and this thing has gotten big. You know, they had the big flags, you know, that you see like at a um, at an auto dealership. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, Warren Avenue. And it was like, you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I seen oh, that. I've seen it. Yeah. 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 So they're like, I didn't know what it was for, though. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was for, you know, yeah. There, there was going to be a radio station here in um, at OC. The welding uh, program, they go and compete in the Baja Classic down in California or somewhere. Oh, those programs do some fantastic things. And residents don't know about it. It's like a super secret. It's like, man, OC is is great. You know, they got a state of the art auditorium over there for film uh, where the stage rotates. And I mean, they. uh, Oh, yeah. You you see (laughs) the fan? It's like no one knows. It's so fantastic over there. You know, the, the, the crazy thing about that is I feel like that's a lot of just kids at like there's a lot of hidden gems throughout the county that, you know, sometimes you're fortunate enough to stumble upon and, you know, 
most of the times, you know, you, you just never find out about, you know, I, I know that OC spent a lot of money, you know, uh, during the remodel, you know, and um, I think I'm not sure, uh, but I think they were trying to like get, uh, uh, I don't know how the process is, but accredited as a university or something, I think at one time. Right. So I think I might have heard rumors of that community college. They're just Olympic college because they do have several four year programs. Yeah. Okay, so they did make that switch. I knew it was some kind of a uh, like a bump up or whatever they were trying to make there uh, during that big renovation process. And the campus looks wonderful. They, you know, they did an excellent job. Uh, fortunately, I've, I've been on the campus, you know, uh, pre-renovation and post-renovation, you know, and not to the point like I. I don't imagine to the extent that you have, <laughs> you know, or whatever, but, you know, I kind of, uh, on the peripherals been on campus or whatever, but it looks amazing over there. And I, I you know, um, I say, I said all of that to say, um, yeah, there, there's these hidden gems that need to get out and stop being a secret. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing today's show, because I feel like G2 is one of those hidden gems that we need to shine light on the things that Kitsap does well. And I feel like there's a lot of things that Kitsap does well that um, only, you know, yeah, they're, they're these hidden, these hidden secrets. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I'm supposed to be questioning you. <laughs> Let me ask another question. Um, um, so I think that kind of gives us a, a origin story of G2. Um, yeah, well, I mean, because your question was, is yeah. did Steps of Success, you know, live on? And so I was I gave you a really long answer to say yes it has lived on in that way. And actually two members of Steps of Success uh, and Rob and Stephanie Dent actually helped me to start uh, G2. Yes, yes. Rob was a student in my class. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, that's well, crazy, right? I mean, that's, yeah. but that's, that's the legacy that extends forward. Uh, and that, 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 I think that goes to speak to... Uh, you know, who you are and what, you know, what you built there. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, folks, folks with Rev, you know, folks will tell you that you can. Um, some people will tell you that you can only exist in some spaces if you've reached a certain level. Right. So, uh, well, you're a faculty member. So, you know, you only kind of work with faculty and do this or you're a uh, uh, you're connected to the church. So you can only kind of work with folks that they're connected to the church. I don't really see it that way. Um, no, you know, so it doesn't matter what my, my title is, you know, I, I want to work with anyone who wants to, you know, do the work and grow. And so, you know, for most folks that say, well, how could you work with uh, someone who was a student of yours? It's like, well, I don't really look at it like that. I look at it as one, they're, they're grown. Right. So these are adults. Rob's actually older than I am. Right. Um, but two, are they passionate about wanting to help people? And that that's that's 
where it is for me. So I don't I don't care about what his title is or you know the fact that he's in the, in a classroom environment and I'm his instructor. It just doesn't matter. I, I totally agree with you, but I'm not going to let you uh, go too far more down that rabbit hole because then you'll be stepping on my feet for the end of the program where I got a bit of scripture. So bag up, bro, up off right, of my right, stuff, okay. man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So seriously, you kind of stepping on my feet a little bit. Got to save a little something for me. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I, I totally agree with you. You know, titles are just titles. This, this is about just getting out there doing the work, you know, and I understand that, you know, um, you know, because of the way the world's set up, um, you know, we have to, you know, kind of have these titles in certain um, atmospheres to, you know, navigate through certain things or whatever. You know, they 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 play their part, but um, on the grand scale of things, it's it's just a title. You know, um, I, I think there's a lot of cashiers that could uh, probably do a lot of. Uh, you know, do a lot of the work that the CEO does, you know, if uh, given the opportunity. And I think that's another show which I've been kind of um, floating around with. Um, but we'll talk about that at another time. So let me ask you this um, as far as uh, G2 goes and um, why purple? I know that uh, purple's the color of royalty, um, but why purple? Well, I mean, you, you said it, right? It, it's regal. Uh, it's held in high esteem. Uh, and you know what? Growing up, like blue was my favorite color. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just in, into adulthood, you know, understanding what, what purple represented, uh, it, it just kind of had this air of excellence to it. And I yeah. wanted people to think, uh, that were a part of it, you know, steps to success, you know, our non-traditional students, as I was saying before, um, G2 are homeless, low income, food insecure, formerly incarcerated. You know, it, it doesn't matter whatever those uh, negative labels were, that you are so much more than that. That's what you did. And that's not who you are. Uh, and so purple uh, was really important for us. Amen. Amen. So um, let me ask you this. What and uh, I'm, I'm going to try and dig into these a little bit more, but just on a uh, on a broad scale. Um, and as I was kind of saying, I, I think, uh, you know, you this this is great the way this kind of, uh, you know, is unfolding, you know, with um the uh, steps to success, you know, leading to G2. And um, during this particular conversation, how you gave us the uh, backdrop of G2 and steps to success. So what has G2 uh, grow, gather together, grow together? What has it evolved to today? What do you guys do today? And I know that that's a loaded question, <laughs> because I we talk a lot and I know you you do a lot, but um, let's let's you know what I'm saying. Like, what do, what do you do in the community? What 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 can people call three six zero three seven three three thousand? I'm dropping a number. People pick up on that three six zero three seven three three 
373-3000. What can they call that number for? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll answer it this way. Um, our, our mission, what we tell people is mm-hmm. self-sufficiency for all Kitsap County residents. That's, that's your mission statement. But it, it's it it's not. And that, that's what oh. you is. That's what we tell people our mission is, because it's easier to, to you know, repeat back to folks. Right. Mm-hmm. And as new people come in, we can tell them. But our mission and vision is gather together, grow together, uses creative solutions to help low income Kitsap County residents maximize the benefits of service they receive. And so our vision is self-sufficiency for Kitsap residents, every Kitsap resident and beyond. Um, and so you can see how the mission is, is a mouthful. And so it's easier to say self-sufficiency for every Kitsap County resident, right? Can, can I get you to lift your mic up just a little bit? Because you're like, is, you keep oh, trailing like in and out. Yeah, you're like trailing off. Okay, let me. So I'll say that again. Is that better? Okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, so I'll answer the question this way. Uh, our mission, we tell people, is self-sufficiency for all Kitsap County residents. But that is not actually our mission. Our mission is gather together, grow together, uses creative solutions to help low-income Kitsap County residents maximize the benefits of services they receive. Uh, But that's a mouthful. It's hard for people to remember. And so ultimately, kind of the action word of that, uh, the vision is self-sufficiency for all Kitsap County residents. And just like I was saying before, where people gather together and then grow together, we're coming together from different spaces, self-sufficiency looks different for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people will say, okay, well, what are you solving? Uh, and so the problem that we're trying to solve is we're an organization that designs creative solutions to age old problems that face uh, low income residents here in the County. And we try to take a holistic approach um, and we try to remove as many barriers to self-sufficiency by asking, you know, kind of, you know, this one question, you know, bridging the gap. What is missing in the current social support service landscape and what are the barriers to self-sufficiency and housing instability to the person that we're trying to help? And so that's how we do that. Now, the way that that looks is we do it in four ways. And so our main ways that people know about is transportation, uh, our food program where we feed the food insecure, uh, computer literacy program, and then our job training and job readiness program, right? So those are kind of the four basic tenets of what we do. But from that, so many other things have come from that. So I have uh, gone to court uh, to support folks that didn't have, you know, someone to kind of sit next to them in a courtroom and just be a support for them. Uh, we've written letters for folks uh, to probation officers, to the court, um, you know, to help support in that way. We've allowed people to use our vehicles to get their licenses back. Uh, we've paid for cert- certificates and licenses for people uh, to move forward in their lives. Uh, we've helped people, um, you know, navigate the college system. Uh, and so those are those are the things that you don't hear about kind of in the transportation, food, computer literacy and job training. Right. And so but for that particular person, that's what self-sufficiency at that point in time looks like to them. 
Okay. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> and those four little, um, those four little uh, divisions, sections, I don't know how to say that. Um, that is a lot. So um, you said something and um, I was trying to write it down as you were saying it, but you were talking about uh, age old problems that low income people face. Um could you elaborate on like what are some of those things? I, and and I get the the four you know different aspects in which you're addressing those age old problems, but can you uh, elaborate you know to the people you know so that they can kind of better uh, you know just kind of better understand like where you're coming from what what you know they can better relate to what you're saying as far as those age old problems. Right. So I think the the best way to, uh, you know, kind of share that that point there is I'll use transportation as an example. Right. Uh, and again, this is this is my personal background. And so I'm speaking from a, a space of empathy and sympathy uh, for the people that we that we work with or serve. And you know, going back to steps of success, you know, when I'm sitting in a classroom and I'm, I'm in the front and I'm teaching and I'm watching some of my students who are hungry, right, because they're food insecure, uh, the choices that they're making aren't the best choices uh, dietarily, right? So they've got an energy drink and some chips or something that they bought out of the vending machine. Uh, one, it, that's expensive. Two, you know, it's not healthy. It's not really helping you stay awake, right? It, it kind of gives you that 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 boost of energy, and then you crash really hard, right? So you don't have your food, fruits and vegetables. But the other big thing that I saw was, look, wh- whatever help you need, whether it's spiritual help, or you need to be at church, or if it's academic help so that you can achieve that or at G2 to get the resources. If you're not physically there, then you're not actually getting the help. So in regards to transportation, uh, you know, what we saw was, okay, I don't have a car, so I'm on the bus. And so I'm relegated to the, you know, bus schedules, when they run, how they run. Uh, Bus does, the bus doesn't run on Sundays in this county. Uh, Stops running pretty early in the evening. Mm -hmm. The county's pretty spread out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it can take a long time to navigate around the county uh, if that's the case. And so a lot of us can take that for granted who have vehicles and can just jump in and, you know, zip to the to class, go to a doctor's appointment, come back to a class, go over here and do this. If we forget something, we can run back and grab that. Uh, And it doesn't really uh, disrupt our, our day that much. Right. For someone who's on the bus. They've got to pack everything in the kitchen sink. When we first started, we had a a single mother who had just had a baby and we weighed all of her stuff. And I think it was like 48 pounds and she was barely like 118 soaking wet. Right. So she's got, you know, a baby in the car seat, her, her college, you know, books and everything in a backpack and a stroller. And she's trying to navigate all of this stuff because when she leaves for the day, she's got to have it all. And you don't have the time to try to pack all that stuff up, get back on the bus, go home and get that piece of paper you, you forgot or that form or whatever the case may be, that homework assignment. And so that that's a huge burden on folks. Right. And so we tell people all the time to pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Well, OK, so maybe I'm blessed enough to have a car. But, you know, if, if you ever been a 
starving student or low income or, or had to make choices. Hey, you know what? I can only put two dollars in the tank to get to that next destination and I'll figure out, you know, what I what I got to do to get back from there. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that that is the real life situation for a lot of people in this community. Uh, or you're driving a car that you can't repair or you're mm-hmm. driving a car that you don't have a, a, a license for. Your license is suspended. You've got bad tags. So you're trying to take the back roads. Right. Um, you know, there, there's so many different things. You know, it's, it's unreliable. Well, now you're in a lot of folks that find themselves in the situation. Their support circle isn't as strong as many of our support circles. Right. And so, okay, we'll just ask a friend or a family member for a ride. I can, but sometimes friends and family take advantage of that. So now I end up paying a bunch of money. I'm on their time. If, if I don't do something that they want to do and they take it out on me, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of folks that have who needed a ride or needed a favor. And it's like, okay, well, that means now you got to watch my kids in order for me to do this one thing for you. But that's actually a hardship for me because I also need to study and I need to be here and do this, that and the other. So now I'm not getting any rest, right, that I need uh, because I'm taking on more and now I have to do this. And it's not an equal exchange for what it is that I need. And so, you know, all of these different factors make it tremendously difficult for people that either, you know, don't have I'll, I'll just call it that don't have adequate transportation for any of the reasons that I shared before. Uh, and so now, you know, you're late to class, you get up and there's no gas or you get up and the car breaks down. Uh, you're, you're driving dirty, as they say, you get pulled over. Uh, but you have that anxiety of every day is today the day, you know, let me take that background. Ooh, I see that cop, mm-hmm. my heart's pounding. All right, let me go this other way and try to get here. And, you know, and you're trying to do this maybe. And this was my experience I had when I was younger, uh, and being a hard head, I didn't believe believe in car insurance, right? Why should I have to pay insurance? I'm careful. I'm not going to hit anyone. I shouldn't have to pay. Well, you get pulled over, you get, you know, a ticket for the infraction, and then you get a ticket for no insurance. Well, back then I think it was $475. So once you get one of those and you're already feeling like I shouldn't have insurance anyway, whether or not I can pay it, well, I still got to drive because I still got to get to work. And so in succession, like if I were to ever pull up my record, you could see it, you know, where I got pulled over, like almost back to back, you know, and then I go three months and then get pulled over twice, go a few months, get pulled over twice, right? Trying to get home or trying to get to work. And so now, you know, my license gets suspended because I have it, you know, I haven't paid the fines and now the fines are so big, I can't pay them, right? But I still got to get to work. <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's the plight of a lot of folks. Uh, and so if you're not where you need to be, I need to be in school. I need to learn. I need to be in that environment so I can build those habits of being a college student. Right. I may have had a bad experience as a high school student uh, if I went to high school uh, like me. Um, and so I've got to, I've got to learn these skills. This is where the resource resources are at. This is where the tutors are. This is where, you know, um, the grants and, and some of the other things are, are that exist. This is where the professor is uh, where I can ask questions but I'm not on campus or I've got to get off campus because I got to get back across town and it's an all day endeavor, whatever the case may be. And we see that. And so when you see someone trying to get their 
uh, driver's license or work with social security or the unemployment office or employment office. They don't like being called the unemployment office, the employment office, or they're trying to DSHS. They're trying to take care of business. You get on the bus, right? You leave, you walk to the bus stop, however long that takes five, 10 minutes. You wait for the bus to come 10, 15 minutes. You get on the bus, you're riding around. However long it takes you transfer. If you have to transfer from East Bremerton to West Bremerton, don't need to go to Port Orchard or uh, Silverdale, right? I mean, Port Orchard or is Paul's bowl. <laughs> a Paul's bowl. Yeah. Man. A bus to a ferry to a bus, you know, and it doesn't take as long as you think it takes. But that's a that's a lot. Right. That's a yeah. lot of logistics oh, yeah. to move around. And when you say Paulsville, we were taking um, one of our clients to a foot doctor out in Paulsville. And uh, she shared with us that it was a six hour day for her to do that. And mm-hmm. with us, it was literally 35 minutes there and 35 minutes back. And she was able to do so much more with her time. Uh, and so that time is the commodity that is the most valuable. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, trying to buy that time for people that are already so behind is important. And so being low income and not having these resources makes it even harder for you to get ahead. And so once you miss that appointment, you don't have that paperwork. OK, we'll come back. Uh, we can get you back in three weeks. Well, I'm trying to hurry up and get my life back on track. I don't have this piece of paper. It's going to take three weeks for me to get back in. Already going to take me all day to do this. And I'm exhausted. I'm being told no all the time. And I've got to string together these positive habits and continue to persevere and be resilient in spite of all the things that I'm facing. And so, again, we're trying to remove as many barriers so that people can stay the path and reach their, you know, whatever their outcomes are that they're trying to, to, to seek. Man, you know, bro, um, so before I, I comment on what you what all you just said, uh, people remember you guys can call 360-373-3000 if you need help with transportation and G2 uh, will be there to help you guys. And this is uh, on a side note. This is why it's so important, you guys, to support uh, your local nonprofit organizations, because they're the ones that are providing these types of services um, for the things that we often don't think about. Now, with that being said, um, I have found myself personally in a lot of the situations that you were just talking about, uh, unreliable vehicles, you know, and before we kind of got into this show, I was telling you about how, you know, I was always there, you know, trying to figure out what the mechanic was doing because uh, I'm uh, uh, autodidact, but also because I can't afford to pay a mechanic to do everything. And so I need to, you know, learn to be self-sufficient in that way by fixing my own cars, fixing my own brakes or whatever, because I can't afford, you know, a certified use or a brand new car and, you know, be able to do those things, you know, um, I have had to uh, take public transportation to places or whatever, and I face a lot of the, those problems that you, you you talked about. But ironically enough, even though I've faced a lot of those problems, I've never thought about it in the terms of the way you just spoke about it. 
until you just spoke about it, even living, having lived those those circumstances and finding myself sometimes even currently still in them circumstances. You know, I drove for over seven years without a driver's license because I had a, a ticket that I didn't think I could afford. And then when I finally, you know, thought I had enough money to pay for it and I, I reach out to find out how much I, it was, it was like 75 bucks, you know, and I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I drove without license. I mean, not without, like, I drove without insurance for a long time. I ended up getting put on the SR 22 uh, deal. I don't know if they still do that or whatever, or had to get SR 22 insurance because I got rear ended and um, the, the clergy, it was a cl- by a clergy <laughs> from Port Orchard uh, sued me, uh, claimed that I caused the accident and um, being young and kind of full of myself uh, as <laughs> you were uh, alluding to. I was like, ah, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to court and I don't owe him nothing. I'm not paying nothing. And that ended up leading to my SR 22 and all of this other stuff, you know, but, you know, having my, my point being, having lived a lot of what you were just discussing, you know, I never thought of it in that terms. And I think a lot of us never really think of it in those terms of these obstacles that uh, we find ourselves in that, sometimes if, if you don't have the mental fortitude can become overwhelming and cause you to kind of want to drop out of certain sections of society and say, hey, I'm not going to participate in X, Y, and Z because it's, it's such a difficulty. And then because you, you're not participating in, you know, one particular part or whatever, you're uh, missing out on you know, uh, kind of progressing in life, you know, and you're, 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 you're stuck and, and not really, um, you know, moving to that next level, if, if that makes sense. Um, so man, I, I, uh, applaud you and, and for what you're, what you're doing. Um, and that was just one part of it, people, just the transportation part. We're going to talk about that other three parts uh, as well. A little bit more yes, please. Yes, please do. Please. Um, kind of mentioned there, you know, and, and again, it goes back to, you know, folks not necessarily, you know, like I said, you've had that experience and didn't even really see it in that way. But we know on this climate now, if you had been pulled over, mm. right, and the situation could have went south and it could have cost your life for $75, right? Uh, yes. And we, we, we don't consider those things, right? I mean, that is the ultimate price to pay but there's so many things in in between. And so for us, you know, obviously we're, we're not a free service. I mean, right now we've got a program where if you're getting a vaccine or you're trying to get rental assistance, which I'm sure you'll ask me about later, uh, transportation is free. But what we try to do is keep costs, you know, at about a third of a price of an Uber or a taxi. And so what would happen? And, and we're also trying to teach life skills at the same time, right? So when we are living uh that life and i say we because i i live that life right um survival mode and it's like everything is an emergency and as soon as we get the phone call or something happens it's got to be dealt with right now and we're kind of not really planning ahead we're only dealing with what's in front of us because that's all we can take on right now we can't take on you know 
okay, we've got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and we also have, you know, May, June, and July, and the year after that. Like, that, that's too much. All I can take on my plate right now is what's in front of me. So typically what you would see happen is something happens, and I got to deal with this situation right now. I need to get to this location and take care of it. And then that person would call tomorrow and say, oh, okay, well, now here's the next emergency I got to deal with. I got to go pay this bill tomorrow. I got to go to this doctor's appointment. And so part of what we also want to teach is, hey, you know, start to pull, pull your eyes up and look a little bit further, you know, focus on what's mm-hmm. in front of you, but see if you can say, you know what, I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow and I'll have G2 take me to the doctor's appointment swing around and pick up my medications and maybe pick up a couple items at the grocery store and all for the same price, right? Instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to call the cab today. And, and you see it on the first of the month, right? You'll see the Uber mm-hmm. or the cab drop folks off at Walmart uh, and they go shopping and then the cab is back and then they're paying, you know, twice, right? So, you know, you're, you're paying our fare and that's round trip. if It's within, you know, an hour, you know what I mean? And so that's how one, we're able to keep the prices so low. But again, we want you to be able to make choices so that you can keep your benefits and stretch them as far as you can. Mm. Uh, so when you think about it, someone who is on TANF, I believe with one child, I think it's 440, maybe it's been adjusted now, but we have seen people, you know, on the first of the month in a $40 cab ride, you know, just going to Walmart uh, and back, Right. And so 10% of your money for the month is gone in a cab ride to take you to Walmart at one time. Yeah. For the rest of the month, you see folks that are at uh, 7-Eleven, extremely expensive, not healthy, uh, and, you know, just all the other food deserts. And so part of that is, is again, teaching those life skills. Give us a call, pick you up, just try to wrap around multiple things, get you to where you need to go get you home, stretch your EBT benefits, stretch your dollars, uh, and buy yourself more time. So if you've done both of these things, then, hey, this is a day of rest, or this is a day for you to actually sit back and do some research or study or have quality time with the kids or your significant other, whatever the case may be, because all that's important too, right? Uh, and so we want people to think about it in a different way. And so that's, that's why transportation is so important. And we don't, you know, we tell folks, oh, well, you can study on the bus. So you got your AirPods in, you're trying to read. There's a lot of distractions. The bus is stopping and going. That's not the ideal environment for studying, right? No. Yes, many of us have done that. But just because you have, does that mean that life has to be an episode of Survivor? Do we have to outwit, outlast, and, and survive in order to be successful at life and to, to navigate uh, the, the struggles, you know, I just, I disagree with that. So we want to try to remove those barriers. Uh, and like I said, people don't often see that as a barrier, right? And we know there's a big issue. We see so many, uh, so many of our children in pain, right? Uh, on so many different levels. And there are, when there are parents in the home, whether it's two parent or you could be latchkey or a single parent, you're on the bus doing all the things, you're picking them up from daycare, you're running around, and then you get home, and the parent is exhausted. And you still need to have quality time, but it's like, look, here's the video game, here's the TV, I'm going to try to talk to you a little bit, but I can't actually sit and give you the full of me because I've got to get your dinner ready and, I, and I'm spent, 
you know? Yeah. So uh-huh. by saving some of that time, we also hope that people are able to use that uh, to increase uh, and grow their relationships, both internally in their immediate uh, family unit and also ex- externally. So it really just uh, kind of boils down to giving people uh, opportunity at a better quality of life. Um, right, but most people just see it as getting a ride, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But people rides for twenty dollars, like you know, yeah. So, so much more to it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but see, it, that's what that's goes back to what I was saying. Like, I never really thought of it in those terms, you know, and even having lived in those situations. And I mean, like recently, <laughs> you know, living in those situations and, and, you know, never really thought about the time aspect of transportation, even though it's like something, you know, um, one of those yearly kind of uh, news reports where, oh, you spend this much time in traffic or whatever a year and, and this and that. But you really never uh, I never really equated it to uh, quality of life experiences. And so um, and this is, I guess, uh this was something else I was going to get into with the transportation. So you're saying that people can contact you and uh, get a round trip for one price as long as it's within one hour. Right. Right. That's, that's amazing because <laughs> where else are you going to find that at? Right. I and, mean, you know, there's some yeah. asterisks, you know, depending on uh, certain, cert- certain circumstances, but you okay. know, typically that is how it, how it operates. Right. And we okay. do encourage people like, is there anything else that you need to do really quickly? Uh, you know, let, let's, you know, try to build that in to save you time and money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, it's all, it's all built around trying to help people, you know? And so that, that's, I think coming, um, beginning from that, that spot is crucial because we know that you know the taxi and the uber they start from the place of how much can i milk out of this person you know whereas you guys are starting from how can i help you you know um have a little bit better quality of 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 living you know have some add some time to your day versus subtracting dollars from your account <laughs> you know so i think that's beautiful well if you have uh, a cab you know how it is right that ticker goes when you're at a stoplight if you've got yeah. to run in somewhere that ticker keeps going right uber is pretty expensive um yes you know but we're pretty much doing the exact same thing right we're picking you up at your house or location and taking you where you got to go um and so the the sad thing is 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 trying to you know share with people that it is, you know, a good deal. You know, when they're looking for a resource or they hear nonprofit, you know, the expectation is, well, it should be free or almost next to nothing. It's like, well, we couldn't operate if we didn't charge folks. We're trying to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah. uh, To help as much as possible. But Uh, you have to pay for, yeah, you have to pay for gas. You have to pay for maintenance, tires, Oil changes, <laughs> insurance, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. lot that goes into it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, folks will call us and, you know, you tell them how much it is. And it's like, that's crazy. You're supposed to be. It's like, well, you know what? Yeah, and I used to have folks, you know, kind of tell them, uh, you know, okay, find out the address where they're going and give them the cab fare and give them the Uber fare and then give them our fare, right? 
Mm. Typically, when they hear, oh, it's 60 versus 30, or I mean, it can get it can get crazy at different times of the day. It's like, yeah. Okay, you know, but we we don't have time to do that all the time and, and just say, you know, hey, well, this is what a, a cab or Uber is. You know, they kind of just hear that information. It's like, oh no, I thought this was gonna be free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I guess I would tell you tell your dispatchers to you know politely say, hey, um, after you you know shop around, call us back and we'll be there <laughs> shortly. <laughs> Shout out to Rob. You know, we have a um, we have a contract with. Uh, kids at rescue mission um, or kids at mental health uh, and uh, the other day I think it was yesterday was it last night uh, he and Stephanie took a ride one o'clock in the morning to take a woman to the hospital who was um, um, maybe going into labor wow you know just being able to do things like that and so humble about it if he didn't tell me just a side story that Stephanie wanted french fries at one o'clock in the morning he wouldn't even told me that you know uh, I felt really good because I took a, you know, someone to the hospital who, who might be having a baby who's at the rescue mission. I mean, I had mental health, uh, KMH. So, I mean, that's powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. To have those stories and everyone is so humble on our team. They don't really talk about, you know, what they do and the impact on folks. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're such a big secret. You know, they say fish rots from the head and all the good and bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not a big, you know, uh, trumpet blower, and so the team isn't our big trumpet trumpet blowers either. So 